Alex's Log, Entry 1042 I finally met up with Ryan at the clock tower. It had been so long. The rendezvous went just as planned. We in the Resistance have slowly been building up our resources, coming up with every harebrained scheme we could. But I think we finally know what we're going to do. We have to go back. After Alinity attacked me, I fled. I don't know how I escaped, but I somehow managed to survive. I cut my hair, grew out a beard, wore aviators, and a plain blue baseball cap. It was the perfect disguise. I could walk right under Alinity's nose, and it could never tell. Media has grown since the early days of our podcast. I first knew we were screwed after the Game of Thrones finale. It came out, and it was terrible. It abandoned all character development. Threw away seasons of plot points. At first, I'd ignore everyone who applauded it, just thinking that they didn't know any better. Then, I realized I was the only one who thought it was awful. I started questioning things. Started saying that the books were better. I was met with one question. What do you mean, book? Then I realized Alinity's plan. It had started to collect all new media, keeping anything it could control, disposing of what it couldn't. Alinity's drones started collecting books, burning them. Stories were lost. Whole careers of authors gone. Never again would I be able to be stoked on Dune. I mean, only the 1994 movie, which isn't terrible, but still. I could not stand for this. It wants to control stories, control medias, control the way you think, but you can't let it. Keep writing, keep creating. Write a story about Harry Potter giving Mr. Bean a blowjob. Create that crossover between All Real Monsters and Monsters, Inc. Spill your heart out about Joe Biden and Tinkerbell being soulmates. It's the only way humanity will survive. We found Elon Musk's brain in a jar. Ryan and his engineering skills were able to wire up a contraption to measure his brain waves and read his thoughts. With Ryan's knowledge of engineering, Elon's genius in quantum mechanics and basically everything else, and the fact that I've watched Back to the Futures at least a hundred times, we've built a time machine and we're going back to stop this all. Ryan and I owe a debt to humanity. We should have never started this whole thing with this stupid AI. We're not ready, but we have to do this now. If you don't hear from us, we failed. If you wake up tomorrow and you're not all still speaking binary code, we just might have pulled this off. Alex out. Doom, winning now. And 
Hi everyone, welcome to Suck My Fanfic. The internet's greatest fan fiction literary criticism. I know what you're thinking. Was that pentatonics? Wow. <laughs> Was that a sneak preview of Pitch Perfect 4? Four. <laughs> We're back, pitches. Yes. <laughs> Fuck. We just pitch slapped your yes. ears with some fantastic <laughs> acapella. So the Taylor Swift 22, either people ironically said they liked it or they legitimately liked that open. So, And I am, I am shameless, so any I'm, compliment I take is 100% authentic. I have read to a microphone mm-hmm. to blast out into your ear holes mm-hmm. Bill Clinton having sex with Spongebob. Yep. I'm shameless. Mm-hmm. William I, H. Macy, Will- shameless. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Suck My Fanfic, as we've already said probably a hundred times at this point. Mm-hmm. But this is uh, interesting, man. Mm-hmm. How about that? No. So today, Ryan, as an opening topic, I want you to tell me either the weirdest dream you've ever had, the one dream that stuck with you the most, just um, obviously not aspiration sort of dream, the dream you have when you <laughs> I sleep. want to be a painter! I want to be a cowboy astronaut! That's weird. You yeah. have dreams? Get out of here. Get out of here, kid. What you're you're the, in your mid-twenties. Your dreams are dead. What's the weirdest what is dream? It? Yeah, what's the like the weirdest, scariest even? Huh. Most surreal? Or like a dream where you learned sure. a lesson? Actually, this is a, like completely yeah. adjacent to this. But I had a dream. When, you know how in school you had to update the password for your account? Yeah. I did. One time I, I went to, I was like studying and they're like, you need to update your password tomorrow. And I'm a big procrastinator. So yeah. I was like, oh, darn. Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. I dreamt my password and I still use it today. I, oh, that's really I dreamt cool. a random string wow. of characters and I still use it. You're not fucking with that. I'm serious. It is my go to password. That's really cool. Any actually. password protector you can come up with, it just, I don't know what it was. Yeah. It was like an amalgamation of all the formulas I had mm. been reading and the studying and all the caffeine and the stress and it just. So it it has the the letters, numbers, caps. Mm-hmm. It's got everything. Wow, mm-hmm. that's a lot. I put an password. underscore in there just to make it better. Oh, yeah. So that's and of course, but that's headcanon, you know. Yeah, the underscores yeah. in my dream. Under, yeah, um, underscores don't translate to the dream. Realm. Yeah, no, they don't. They, it's yeah. it's like a missing no in Pokemon. It's just like mm-hmm. it's all glitchy. Yeah. Um, I used to have I used to have this dream that um. And it was about this room at my house. Yeah. And I always felt weird about it. And then until years later, I found my sister also had this really weird feeling like about it. Like the same dream? Yeah. It was a oh, feeling. about the room. Um, it might have been dreams. Because always late at night, we yeah. just felt this energy coming from it. I don't believe in any of that stuff. No, but yeah. like, I just always got, you know, I'm not afraid of the dark mm-hmm. that much. But that room was always just like. Always turn the light on when you walk in. Yes. And, it was okay. like, and whenever that door was open, it was right across from my door. It was mm-hmm. like a gaping maw, a, tooth, a toothed maw yeah. that just, you know, goes into the. And I just didn't like it, so I dart past it. I had a, I had recurring dreams where there was something under that in that room in that closet under that bed or whatever. And when I was younger, it may or may not have been the the villain from Powerpuff Girls, him who's the devil. Mm-hmm. That's a side. I moved past that. Yeah, I grew okay. up. That's fine. I started watching Down Abbey. Yeah. I grew up. But I always had a dream <laughs> that there was something in there and that I had to sleep in that room and I would tell my parents, I would tell everyone, like, please don't make me do this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to, it's going to get me. I'm wow. going to die. And everyone would be like, don't, you know, don't be silly. You got to mm-hmm. do this. And every night I would, it would, the dream would end with, it's time to go in there, time to go to sleep. And the door would close behind me and I just feel so much dread. And then it would be over. I'd wake up. Wow. I had that dream. That's weird. And then after I had, like, I would realize, I would recognize mm-hmm. it. I'd be like, oh, my God, here we are again. Like, I told you last mm-hmm. time. Like, I'm, and I've tried to find different ways. Um, and then I, that, that was one dream. And then I did have one dream 
where I was like in a house and I mm-hmm. remember we were like searching this house and like I every I came back to it like two times and this each time I tried to go different rooms yeah. and I, I got like to this room and I thought I was going to finally get out of it but I, I woke up does your family still own that house? no do they still live there? no <sighs> did you ever end up sleeping in the room? I have slept in that room yes uh, any I, weird dreams about uh, no, not when I was in the room no, no. that's it's interesting. Didn't change my feelings about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I used to think the scariest dream that I had was, because I'm afraid of heights, mm-hmm. I, I would have, I'm sure, I think everyone had these dreams where they just kind of jump off a building. Mm-hmm. And those used to terrify me. I would wake up in the middle of the night, like, clutching my pillow, just <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, no, no. Is something wrong, Alex? Yeah, exactly. Nothing, and SpongeBob. Nothing. Go back to sleep. Nothing, Harry. <laughs> so that used to be, yeah, the scariest dream for me were those. That or I would be in, an like, an, uh, an elevator, and I'd sit there, and everything would be normal, and then the doors would swing open, and it was just, like, the top of the Empire State Building or something. Mm. And I would just, like, drop to the floor and, mm-hmm. like, freak out. I'm not afraid of elevators, but the the heights for some reason. If anybody listening to this is a Freudian psychoanalyst, yeah. please tell please me tell what's me. wrong with me. Yeah. Am I running away from crabs because I'm gay? <laughs> please tell me. If you run towards them, are you not gay? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. So that that used to be what I thought was like the scariest dream I've ever I've ever had. And in the past six months, I think I've only told one person this. It was I don't know, it was weird. Well now you're telling thirteen. <laughs> All of our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> All 13 of them. Get ready, guys. Um, Your circle is about to expand yeah. slightly. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I had this dream, and it was just like a regular dream to begin with, and then I died in the dream. Mm-hmm. Consciously, I like knew I was dead, right? And so I was laying there, and I'm like, all right, I'm dead. Like, this is it. This is it for me. And you know when you're in a dream, you believe it's real, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. in my head, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. I've officially died. This is weird because it was just black. It was black in my consciousness. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? And I was like, kind of peaceful. Yeah, I was like, it's kind of peaceful. I mean, there's nothing going on. And then it like the absolute power of fear and dread overwhelmed me. And I said, there's absolutely nothing going on forever. I'm stuck with myself forever. And that is honestly the scariest dream I've ever had in my entire life. Wow. Like having that realization that like, when I die, or if I'm dead right now, mm-hmm. I'm just stuck in my head until eternity. Mm-hmm. I I have no idea, but that dream scared the piss out of me. And I woke up, and I literally like was in a cold sweat, and mm-hmm. my heart was just like, well, wow. probably because it just came back to life because I actually died. Yeah, I have no idea. Like John Snow, you could be, yeah. <gasps> oh, spoilers! Uh, yeah. If you haven't gotten there yet, yeah. So yeah, that was actually the the scariest dream I've ever had. Was that it happened like? Four, three, hmm. four or five months ago. Wow. Did it happen again or just that once? No, just that one time. But that was, I'm not going to lie to you. That was like dead ass the scariest thing mm. I've ever experienced. Tell me, Alex, how do you feel about your mother? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Um, did that change anything about how you felt like that day? Because I've had dreams where oh, it affects my day. I, my, that, that affects my month. Hmm. I swear to God. Did you do anything differently? Or were you no, just like I, more... I, I was just like more sulky. And I, <laughs> I, I guess I was channeling Edgar Allan Poe more or something. You think Harry just... Potter had that dream before the fifth book? And that's why he was such an angry mm-hmm, dude. Probably, yeah. yeah. No, but I just... I laid there and I was like, all right, I'm alive. But holy shit. Mm-hmm. And I, I, like I said, I don't know why the scariest thing to me was knowing that I was trapped in my head for eternity. Mm. That was like legitimately terrifying. That is pretty scary. Isn't that, isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I, I think that's a little food for, food for thought for people mm-hmm. that someone's scariest dream is being by themselves forever. Psychoanalysts. So, you're out, yeah, you're out are there. Are you out there? Mr. Freud. 
Where are you at, homie? So I bring all this up because today's episode mm-hmm. is centered around Sandman. Metallica. Metallica. <laughs> Metallica fanfic. You know that they are the only band that has played on all seven continents. They played in Antarctica? They did play in Antarctica. They played in a bubble. There was an audience. <laughs> they came down in a bubble, bro. Yeah, in a bubble, bro. No. Uh, they played in all seven continents. They're the only band to do that. Huh. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I feel like if we're ever going to have a band play on the moon, mm-hmm. you know how NASA's mm-hmm. like, we're going back yeah, we're in going. 20, 22, yeah. 23 or something yeah. like that? They should go. Absolutely. Or Pink Floyd should play Dark Side of the Moon. As on they... the Dark Side of the Moon? Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, or Bruno Mars, because I think he's one of the best we have to offer. Just in terms of <laughs> Just in general? Just to the universe. Just in general? Just get up there and play yeah. Uptown Funk uptown into the funk. cosmos. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> I, I had a... I, there was an Onion article that was, Scientists still find traces of Mambo Number no. 5 from 2003 in space. <laughs> and I shared that on Facebook, and someone goes, You know this is fake, right? Do oh, really? Like <laughs> Onion, for anyone who doesn't know, is a satirical newspaper. And everybody refuses to read that by the onions. They just read the headlines. Yeah. And that's like part of the fun of it. Exactly. I, I love the onion. But they do they do funny things like that. Mambo number five still can be found in the atmosphere from 2003. And uh, I, I want that to be Uptown Funk. Yeah, it will be. Dum, 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 dum. Yeah. Uptown Funk you up. So what are you going to funk us up with today? A, a nice Sandman fanfic? Is so it... I know I know I've talked about Sandman in the past, mm-hmm. in some past episodes. Mm-hmm. If you have not listened to those episodes, what are you doing? Where have you been? Go back and listen. Where have you been? Welcome. Where have For you been? those of you that listened a long time ago and just need the refresher, Sandman is a comic book series written by Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that really set it apart from other things other comics is that it, it was has good. Uh, well it's amazing first off quite honestly as far as comic series goes it was a limited series of 75 so that's not a very limited but it, it's not it, you know it's not one of those comic books like superman which literally has over a thousand issues actually i think at this point has over two thousand issues total because i know action comics is above a thousand right now mm-hmm. But if you include all the other Sandman, t- or Sandman, all the other Superman titles there have ever been, I think they're well over two thousand. Wow! So seventy-five in comparison is nothing. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's really impressive about Sandman is that it's all one self-contained story. Mm-hmm. It has. How is it that there's over two thousand Superman stories yet in the movies we've seen him fight Lex Luthor twice, every single time? Yeah. the The reason they do that is because. I, did I say this on the podcast at some point where I feel like DC's making movies for comic book fans? Yeah. Um, yes. And that's why the average moviegoer doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. I think what it is is modern DC is doing that, but past DC was just making movies for the average moviegoer. Yeah, well, they got like, uh, yeah, they've got, um, you know, famous directors. What was that? What was the director of the first Superman's name? Donner? Yeah, Richard, Richard Donner. Donner. Like, they got like the guy who makes actual movies. Christopher mm-hmm. Reeves, a legit movie star, yeah. to be in it. And yeah. They, they were, it was the first superhero movie ever, so they, they kind of had to yeah. play to the audience. And so when you think about it in that terms, that was made for a moviegoer. That wasn't made for comic book fans. Mm-hmm. And at the time, there wasn't. It was also pretty comic booky. No, it was, yeah, yeah. for sure. What is it, the, the fourth one where he takes some weird <laughs> thing off of his, his chest and throws it on someone? Well, he goes to the moon as well. Superman, yeah. the, the fight for peace, I believe. It yeah, is. it's weird. So it, it gets weird. However, Sandman, self-contained, with all of Neil Gaiman's works being adapted at the moment, basically, or have already been adapted, mm-hmm. and... With, now they're being pillaged by cable, premium cable. Yeah. yeah. Well, apparently Good Omens is really good. I'm just saying, like, they're, yeah. he's, all of his stuff is going out on, like, yeah. stars and cinematic. He doesn't own Sandman, though. DC owns Sandman. 
And someone asked him, will Sandman ever be on TV or a movie? And he said, I don't own it, but with the way things are going, I wouldn't be surprised. Superman for the quest for peace. I'm sorry. Quest for peace. Yeah, no, that's fine. No, it's fine. I want to get it right. So the Sandman was a character from the golden age of comics, which is the 1940s, really, not the 1930s, even though Superman was created in 1938. Mm -hmm. So Superman's been around since 1938. That's the golden age. That lasts until about... The 50s, and then the 50s is when we start the Silver Age, which is about to the 50s to the 60s. And then right around that time is when Marvel's created. And Oh, Golden Age Sandman looks cool. Golden Age Sandman's super He's cool. He's got like a gas mask. He's yeah. wearing like a Dick Tracy. It's not vibrant Dick Tracy, but like yeah. one of those old Dick like, Tracy big, big uh, suits and hats. So Golden Age Sandman was a lot different than this Sandman. And Neil Gaiman does something absolutely fantastic when he addresses the old Sandman. And that is... Uh, spoilers for the first trade Morpheus gets taken that's the main character that is the Sandman and because of that the dream the real world gets affected and dreams start getting messed up and so because he got taken that caused World War One, World War Two, all the craziness mm-hmm, mm-hmm, of the 20th century yeah. and he also inspired someone to become the Sandman the superhero ah yeah so, so it's yeah. really neat it's interesting sure. yeah and there, you know, Morpheus got taken, and the character from the Golden Age. So it's interesting how all those things interlock and make sense. Neil Gaiman is an absolute genius. He's a mastermind. He really is. He's a mastermind. And so Sandman was really the thing that put his name anywhere on the map. Sure. He he did a he started to do a run of Miracle Man, which did he? That's an that's a, it's a total episode on its own. But mm-hmm. Miracle Man. Basically, if you guys know Shazam, mm-hmm. or Captain Marvel mm-hmm. is his actual name. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, Billy Batson, little boy that turns into Captain Marvel, a superhero, Earth's Mightiest Mortal. In the 50s and 60s, actually, yeah. He was, that time, he was outselling Superman. He was Captain huge. Marvel was the largest superhero in the world. Superman was, who? Exactly. Superman who? who. DC sued, mm-hmm. had this big issue. That's why there's a Captain Marvel in Marvel now. Mm-hmm. However, when all that was going on... They were doing reprints in England, and for some reason, it said, "Where oh, well, you can't you can't reprint these Captain Marvel issues anymore." Mm-hmm. So this guy goes, "Okay, Marvel Man," and he creates a character called Marvel Man. He literally takes the original panels from Captain Marvel and draws in a new character over Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel same. again, Shazam, not yeah, Shazam, not yeah, Larson, yeah, yes, Shazam. I'll, I'll refer to him from Shazam from this point forward because it's easier. Yeah, because it's easier. We all know who that is, but his real name is Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. So, the Shazam, the Shazam comics that were being published in the 50s, 60s, and 70s that were getting reprinted in England. As Marvel Man. Well, originally they were getting reprinted. They pulled the Nixed license. That. So, this guy said, fine, I will just create a character called Marvel Man. Yep. Then they said, that name's a little too dead on. Change it so it gets changed to Miracle, Miracle Man. Man. Okay. <clears throat> and for a while he was filling in panels, and then he just started writing totally new ones. Doing his own thing. And then eventually that whole thing sort of just faded into obscurity. And that guy's name? Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein, always. Mm-hmm. 80s, 90s come around, and Marvel actually ends up... Well, actually, no, this is before Marvel, Marvel ends up with the rights, sorry. 80s, 90s come around, and they say, we want to bring back Marvel Man, or Miracle Man. Guess who they task to bring back Miracle Man? Neil Gaiman. Alan Moore. Oh, that's a bit heavy-handed. Yes. And so Alan Moore... Miracle Man, okay, he's this strung-out drug addict. That's closer abuser. to the truth than you think. <laughs> so Miracle Man gets totally turned on its head. 
all these crazy things happen. Alan Moore hands off the comic book to Neil Gaiman. This isn't the one where he's like he turns into animals and becomes self-aware of. No, the... that's Animal Man, written by Grant Morrison. Ah, yes, that is also another, a Vertigo. Impact. Another insane wizard. Yeah, very. Ins- he uh, Grant Morrison. He believes oh, in blood he, magic or something like he that. He believes right? in semen magic. That's it. He thought if everyone magic. jacked off to his comic books, they would do better. Mm-hmm. Okay, Grant, if you say so. Well, because you'd have to buy them first. Yeah, he's a to, master marketer. Yeah, he really is. He's on the level of Steve Jobs. He just doesn't have exactly. a turtleneck. Yeah. So Neil Gaiman takes over Miracle Man, mm-hmm. and then Marvel buys the rights to Miracle Man and decides that they're going to stop printing them. Mm-hmm. And so Neil Gaiman is still technically writing Miracle Man, but mm-hmm. hasn't released an issue in decades. Right. So then he gets he gets goes over what to, to DC. So DC in the late eighties, early nineties has this thing called the British Invasion, and in the British Invasion, they grab all these up-and-coming writers, artists, illustrators mm-hmm. from England. Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. John Lennon. The Beatles. Right. The Sex animals. Pistols. Yes, yeah. exactly. And they bring them to the U.S. and basically give them Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. So with Alan Moore, they that's when he wrote Watchmen. He was given, or he, he wasn't given Watchmen. Uh, he was actually given Swamp Thing, which is now a DC Universe original. I haven't watched the Looks first episode good. yet, but it Looks does look good. amazing. He was given Swamp Thing, and he just kind of turned the tides and, like, went really crazy with it. So there's another comic book company called Charlton Comics, which was bought by DC, Mm -hmm. and then they integrated them into the mainstream. But before that, the Charlton Comics characters were people like The Question, Blue Beetle, Captain Adam, Mm -hmm. those sort of people. And so Alan Moore said, oh, my God, I've got this great idea with these characters. And Alan Moore has always been about... Making things real, bringing them true to sure, life, sure, sure. turning them on their head. Is, this, is, this, is Watchmen coming out of this? So he mm. goes to DC and he says, we have all these Charlton comic characters. They're not being used in mainstream. Let me fuck them up. Yeah. And they said, no, uh, we'll give you Kate Blanchett to write any new characters you want, but mm-hmm. don't touch these. Please don't ruin them. Exactly. And he said, okay, fine. So he went with um, David Gibbons. I believe that's the, the illustrator for Watchmen. And they just basically went out and created all these new, this whole new story. So a lot of people think that Night Owl, which is one of the main characters... Is based off Batman. Yes, is based off Batman. And he's actually based off of Blue Beetle. Hmm. And if you look at their arrow ship, aeroplane, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. they're almost identical. It is Dave Gibbons. He also... Uh, Dave Gibbons actually used a lot of his original character designs for Watchmen. Almost all the character designs were designed by Dave Gibbons. Sure. So uh, while Alan Moore's off doing Watchmen with Dave Gibbons, mm-hmm. that leaves a, a vacuum for Neil Gaiman to... And so Neil Gaiman w- came over to do a... I think it's called Black Orchid. Mm-hmm. It was his original miniseries he was going to do. They read it and they said, Hey, Neil, this isn't really towards a regular comic audience. And he said, So? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a story I want to tell. Let me tell it. And they basically said, well, you can still tell it, but do you have any other ideas? Mm-hmm. And they kind of gave him, again, Cape Blanchett to do whatever he wanted, and he saw Sandman. And it kind of inspired him to come up with this amazing idea. How crazy. Like, it, just a spark. I mean, that's yeah. that's a, a sign of, like, a true genius. That exactly. guy can spin a tale out of, out of nothing. Out of, out of nothing Who and out of everything. What he see, and he sees the yes. way he sees the world. It's, it's really something. He sees the world in tapestries I couldn't even begin to form in my head. Well said. So they give him Sandman, mm-hmm. and he just creates this amazing wor- world. It's Like I said, it's a 10-trade arc. 
75 issues total. They're a couple one-off miniseries. Mm-hmm. They've brought Sandman back and created a whole universe around it. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. Uh, I don't think he's actually writing any of the titles. I think he's just kind of pulling some strings. Sure. He's got other stuff going on, which is totally Very understandable. Busy. Also, great follow on Twitter. He's always doing things. Oh, yeah. And he's always, always like meeting things. fans yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. He's a great guy. He, he's helping a lot with Good Omens right now because mm-hmm. he co-wrote that the, with Terry Pratchett. Sure. The Terry TV Pratchett show. died, and so he's he's doing the, the TV show in memory of his friend. Cool. So he's kind of involved with that. But, they yeah, they, they relaunched the Sandman universe, and it's good. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't read all of it. I've read some of it. It's good. I don't think it's anywhere near as good as the original. Because the original was a very self-contained Neil Gaiman thing. Mm -hmm. And the best way I can describe it is that in 75 issues, it's almost like an anthology series. Mm -hmm. So there are some issues where you will sit there and you'll read the whole thing. And Morpheus is in it for one panel. Morpheus is the main character. The main character who looks identical to Neil Gaiman. Basically, the I guess same he person. does. Yeah, he looks identical. Long flowing black hair. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always wears all black. Yep. So Morpheus is Lord of Dreams. Morpheus is a sibling of seven siblings called the Endless. The Endless are basically seven uh, anthropomorphized universal powers. I guess like truths, truths. Sure. Yeah, things that the universe will always have. You can think of them as one step below the Creator. But not adhering to gods. So in the DC universe, they're, they're kind of like Greek gods. They have like they're all in charge of something. They're actually more powerful than Greek gods. That's what I was gonna say. In the, but in like the, in the idea of that, like yeah, you got like an underworld guy. Mm-hmm. You got this, that, and the yeah. Other. So basically, in the DC universe, there are Greek gods, and the Endless are actually above them. Sure, the Endless actually have more power than them, mm-hmm. and so. But the but the endless are Greek gods. They're they're considered a part of the pantheon of basically all the major pantheons, mm-hmm. and there'll be someone in that pantheon. They're they're like this huge overarching thing. But yeah. what I like about it is that they're also like on the ground level. Like they're such an mm-hmm. essence. They're yeah. like they're like quarks. They're like the actual building blocks of everything. Yes. So like while they're these like kind of lofty beings, they also make up every action and everything that we do. Yes, that's what's cool about them. Yes. So in 1988, they published the first issue. And the first trade is called Preludes and Nocturnes. Good Quite one. frankly, mm-hmm. it's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that trade. All of the trades are really strong. I think there are a couple that are weaker than the others, and it's not saying that they're bad. It's just, for example, Dream Country, which is the third trade, mm-hmm. is an anthology series. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just different little things that Morpheus has done in the world through time. One of them actually won an award for him which is the the shakespeare one mm. oh yeah that one's really good the yeah, midsummer, midsummer night stream yeah. it's amazing it's great very good i would honestly probably say seasons of mists might be well, my w- favorite recommend some of the anthologies if someone just wants to check it out like these little stories sound like a really cool if someone wants to check point. it out and you don't want the full like or maybe you you'll go into it afterwards yeah you want a sampler i would always recommend preludes and nocturnes the beginning that's the first one mm-hmm because that really sets the stage for everything that happens. Mm-hmm. And I will say... What if it was like one issue? What if I wanted just one, one issue, issue that would give me a... Like, maybe I'll dip my toe in the water. I would say Midsummer Night's Dream, honestly. Hmm. It is his finest. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is It is really, really, really good. Because all the other ones are a part of... Besides Dream Country, which is the a trade of four mm-hmm. short stories, mm-hmm. most of them are all sort of a part of the same thing. There's also one called World's End... Which is basically a guy gets lost in a reality storm. It makes sense in context, I promise. <laughs> and he ends up at the world's 
end in or the world's in world's kind of like in. restaurant at the end of the universe a la yeah. douglas adams yeah and he sits there and they all trade stories and all the stories are connected mm-hmm. so morpheus the lord of dreams is basically the way that they personify him is that he is the lord of creation he is the lord of possibility he is the lord of imagination cool. because that's in your dreams that's where those things take place and take form so when you dream, this is where your mind goes to mm-hmm. his his dominion, his realm, the dream dream world, the mm-hmm. dream realm. Mm-hmm. He has six brothers and sisters. So there's Death, who's his favorite sister, mm-hmm. and she's everyone's favorite. I mean, Death is really really cool. Mm-hmm. There's Delirium, who used to not be Delirium. I believe she was Delight, but mm-hmm. then she turned into Delirium. There is Destiny. There's Destruction. And there's Destiny's child. There's Destiny's Child. Mm-hmm. That is also true, but a little different. Yeah, she goes crazy in love. It's kind of a crazy yeah. trade, yeah. Love got you. Got me looking so crazy right now. Um, Didn't really think they'd cross over with Jay-Z, but... It no, is. they did. Neil Gaiman they did really it. did. Neil Gaiman can make anybody cross over. Yep. So there's Destiny, Death, Desire... He's like Kyrie Irving. I make anybody cross yeah, over. <laughs> Destiny, Death, Desire, Despair, Delirium, and Destruction. All seven of them have very different characters. Like, they're they're very much their own thing. I would say that... I mean, my favorite was definitely Dream. It was definitely Morpheus. Sure. Death is everyone's favorite. Mm-hmm. And one one thing that I really like about Death mm-hmm. is every time... One thing I like about One thing death. I like about Death. One thing, about, one thing I like about her character is that every time... Because there, there are a couple times that you see her take people away. One of them is actually at the end of Preludes and Nocturnes, and it takes place in Washington Square Park. Hmm. And... Um, Funny story. I was in Washington Square Park. Yeah. And it was a beautiful day. Everybody was sunbathing. Mm-hmm. There was one woman, totally nude, totally nude, sunbathing, and I, it was, yeah, no one cared. I believe it. Maybe yeah. she. Maybe maybe death was death. gonna come in. There's like, well, that's a little too yeah, fresh for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. Um, but anytime someone meets her and says, "Well, I didn't get enough time," she goes, "You got what everyone gets. You get a lifetime." Mm. And it doesn't. That's an interesting thought. It's. Lifetime is, is, is not a set amount of time. It's not a set amount we of time. Say, oh my gosh, it takes a lifetime. A lifetime can be very short. A lifetime could be a couple minutes. Yeah. And so I really, really, really like that. That's, that that's an amazing line by Neil Gaiman. You get what everybody gets. Dang. You get a lifetime. You know that uh, subreddit, I'm 14 and this is deep? Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm a human. That's deep. <laughs> that's deep for everybody. I think that's deep for everybody. So that's, I, Death is everyone's favorite character. She's like a punk rocker. She's awesome. Cool. She's amazing. Destiny is interesting. He's blind and he sees multiple realities hmm. the way things could be. Mm-hmm. Destruction is the fallen sibling. He's the one that they lost touch with. Mm-hmm. And that's, he's a really interesting character. Sure. Delirium she's you almost you feel so sorry for her because you know that she's so spaced out of it that you almost just want to take care of her she's she's very much like and that's how everyone in the series kind of is, mm-hmm. is that they just want to like take care of her they just want to do things mm-hmm. and the other ones are there's always one person in the family that everyone kind of feels beholden yeah to, sort of sure. sort of yeah desire um is actually People say transgender. Desire changes to whatever people oh, desire. Very nice, very nice. So sometimes desire is a boy, sometimes desire is a girl, sometimes desire is both, sometimes mm-hmm. desire is neither. Sometimes desire is a sonic movie that doesn't look like Nightmare Fuel. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Who knows? Whatever your kink Who is. Who knows? So in the Lord of Dreams' realm, in Morpheus's realm, he has a lot of, he has a cast of characters that are awesome. A cast of lovable oh, characters. Cookie characters. 
And you really, I mean, Neil Gaiman just creates these amazing characters. Just out of thin air. Yeah. Uh, out of thin air. But also built on some, you know, archetypes and he draws yeah, on. He's just so well read. Yeah. He can call on yeah. references to anything. And there's one. We're one just going to do a Neil Gaiman fan podcast. I would love to. Just screw Fuck it. So All right. Man. Let's end this episode now. Fuck it. So Seasons of Mists is really good. Mm-hmm. And that has to do with Lucifer abandoning hell. Cool. And because Lucifer wants to get back at Morpheus. And one thing that Neil Gaiman does really well. What did he do? Why? Why? I'll explain that. But one one thing that Morpheus does, or not Morpheus, Neil Gaiman, same person. One thing Neil Gaiman does really well in Sandman and also in American Gods mm-hmm. is anytime you think there's about to be this big physical confrontation, he subverts the expectation and he does it magically. In Seasons of Mists, it it you know he says goodbye to everybody. Mm-hmm. Morpheus setting does. up the stage for a big throwdown, and Lucifer says, "You know what? I'm going to do the most hurtful thing I think I can do. I'm just going to give him the keys to hell." That was kind of what was happening at the time. It's like you go yeah. back, you talk about Watchmen. It's like, yeah. all right, here's a big throwdown with the squid. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's done. No, it's it done. It already happened. Exactly. I like that. We've I, gone away from that. We have because we're, we're so... I think Because we, we so, did it a lot in the in like Well, we 90s. did, and I think there's something cinematic about that, but there's not something literary about that. Mm-hmm. You it's know, tragic. It's, it's like, awesome. Yeah, it's awesome to see this big pop. We want to see the villain yeah. explain to James exactly. Bond everything so he can escape, not yes. be like, oh, James Bond, like it's yeah. already done. Yeah. It's we happened. want the hero to win. And that's one thing about Sandman. The hero does not win often mm-hmm. and does not win at all. Mm-hmm. And Morpheus is sometimes a villain. Morpheus is sometimes a hero. It all really depends on the story. And 75 issues does not feel like 75 issues. It's amazing. It's mm-hmm. really, really mm-hmm. good. So Seasons of Mist, that's Lucifer's thing. Cool. Well, I have to give... I'll just give him, the, him gate, the, the keys to the gates of hell. And he kicks everybody out. So there's this urgency to figure it out. He doesn't want to take it over. So all of these convoys from different pantheons, different religions, different things. So like Odin and Thor come, mm. and they all say, let us take charge of hell. Oh, they all want the keys. They, all they want, want to own it. And so the whole story is just about him figuring out who should get it. And oh, he's kind of like holding so court. Cool. It's like Shark Tank. A Lucifer bit, yeah. Shark Tank. He's like, give me your pitch. <laughs> oh, with that, I'm out. Like, <laughs> it's good, though. And so... I'll raise... I'll give you um, 300,000 yeah. skulls and crossbones mm-hmm. for 20%. Exactly. That just raised the valuation <laughs> of Odin's offer by 5%. The Japanese spirit god asked an offer in perpetuity. That's not a great offer. What is your, uh, what's your revenue look like? My revenue? <laughs> Wait, you don't know what your revenue is like? I'm out. Your valuation of your pantheon is way above what <laughs> it really Lucifer, is. Lucifer, Mr. Wonderful, and Mark Cuban. Those are the only people sitting That'd be amazing. <laughs> well, Lucifer, when he quits, he starts a club in L.A., and he's a piano player. <laughs> That's awesome. It's awesome. So That's amazing. He's, I, so he's Ryan Gosling from La La Land. Basically. So slamming this thing with references basically. today. So many references. But all of them are really good. I mean, Game of You, I, I think, Ryan, you read Game of You. That's the one that's sort of like Narnia. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, Game of so You is good. really good. Fables and Reflections is good as well. If someone wanted to step into it, honestly, I, w- I would say s- Fables and Reflections as well. You could definitely step into Fables and Reflections and get a really good grip of what it's like. What's or, that one with the cats? I like that one a lot. That's in... Dream Country. Gotcha. And that one's that one's really good. Dream Country is great because, it, like I said, it's four small like It sounds like a Donkey Kong game. Dream Country. Donkey Kong. Dream, Dream Country. Country. Dude, I'd play that. It does sound like it. Preludes and Nocturnes, it does have a couple of other characters from the DC Universe. Mm-hmm. So if you're not totally familiar with them, yeah. you, I mean, you can Google it. You sure. know I mean? Wikipedia is very sure. good to learn really quickly. But I before just, just to end it. Yes. Before we get started on this fix, it. it's great. And... Because of that, because it is so good at giving a bunch of smaller stories, mm-hmm. 
for example, in The World's End, there's a story about how cities dream mm-hmm. because cities are organisms mm-hmm. and they must have dreams. And a human being gets trapped in one of the city's dreams, which is really weird. Because of that, I decided to have a little uh, mini Drabble Fest and a bunch of smaller stories about Are we going to have the music? No, no, no music. Oh. No music. Um, it's not a real Drabble Fest, but okay. I wanted to just give a bunch of smaller stories about the Sandman universe. It's a, a Drabble street, street, street yeah, fair. Yeah, Drabble street fair. Yeah, you're yeah. like you're, you're driving like there. one block. You're like, oh my gosh, I got to go to the grocery store. Yeah. You hop in your car, you pull mm-hmm. out of the driveway, and then you're like, oh my god, they shut down the yeah. street for a farmer's market. Oh, I'm just gonna peruse. I'm just gonna peruse. That's it's a Drabble pub crawl. Ah, that's what I, I guess we'll call it. That I'm familiar. So a bunch of, <laughs> I'm very familiar with mm-hmm. that. Yes. So it's a bunch of smaller Sandman stories. Mm-hmm. I love think? it. I love it. You're into it? I'm, on, I'm all over it. All right, here we go. So here's one called In My Dreams by Fanfic, uh, by Theater Girl 81 on In My Dreams sounds like a Drake song. In My Dreams. Yeah, you got me in my dreams. In my feels. Yeah. In my dreams. So yes, Theater Girl 81 on fanfiction.net. I like her already. I, yeah, Theater Girl. I, I like this one. What would it be like to meet the Endless? I guess it would depend on which one you crossed paths with. I met one of them once in a dream. Or was it? When it comes to Lord Morpheus, one can never be sure. And one thing that Neil Gaiman does a lot throughout his his run is... Listens to music. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. But he will have someone wake up and totally forget. Because it's a dream. And mm. you don't always remember your yeah, dreams. Yeah, and you so don't. it's... Yeah. You'll, you'll wake up, they'll have this profound feeling that something happened, and then they'll just go about their day. Do we talk about... Oh, <laughs> it's like, lost. that lesson's lost. Or they'll carry the yeah. lesson with them, sure. Yeah. Uh, do we ever talk about this? How Do you think Inception has any like roots in Sandman? I wouldn't be surprised, like if Christopher Nolan was somehow aware. He seems to delve into these like very like like nerd culture things, yeah. but also does, like he's like I mean he probably read Batman just so he could get like up to speed. He but said he doesn't like comics. Yeah, not beholden to any yeah. of it. He just wanted to make he just wants to make good movies. I think that's it. And by good movies, I mean movies in his exact style. Yes, yeah, with Every ticking time. clocks and even though they're always amazing, big screens. Yeah, no, I love it. Listen, I think The Prestige is one of the best movies ever. The Prestige is so good. David, I will fight David Bowie's in that movie. I know. He plays Nikola Tesla. Oh, my God. It's so amazing. Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, just going at it. It's fantastic. Batman and Wolverine. Batman and Wolverine go up against each other with magic. Wolverine's aided by Alfred. Yep. I mean, I, I, I don't know how Star it gets better Man than that. comes in. Oh, yeah. The Goblin King is around. The conspiracy. Not the conspiracy. Sorry. The Prestige. Is legitimately, I think, one and of the best. A lot of a lot seen. of people haven't seen it. They you, have, you have it, to go it's see so it. So good. You have to go oh see it. Oh my god. Yep. Cut this. Splice this yeah. audio. Put it out in the beginning. Yeah. Just go watch Just the go watch it. I'm sorry. It's so good. I love that movie. Continue. It's such a good movie. Continue. They say if you die in a dream, you'll never wake up. Maybe that's why we wake up from nightmares screaming. Because on a subconscious level, we knew how close we were to the to death. Hmm. Death was except on for the you. Outskirts. You died in your dream. I did die in my dream. Death was on the outskirts, hiding in the shadows and lurking in her brother's world. Mm-hmm. And all, all seven of them have their own worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Destiny's is really cool. It's a maze. And he's oh, the only sweet. one that knows how to navigate sweet. it. Sweet. Super cool. Destructions is peaceful. And he, he, there's there's like a lot to go with that. It's his safe space. Exactly. His or her safe space. Delirium is, is an absolute LSD like trip. It's Dope. even drawn totally different. Sick. Desire is a, a building built in the shape of a human being, and she lives in the heart. Oh. Or does they live in the heart? No. The it's entrance weird. is through the stomach because the way to every man's heart is through, through the stomach. stomach. Isn't that right, ladies? <laughs> Sometimes when you wake covered in sweat, bolting upright from a heart-stopping nightmare, you swear you see a fleeting shadow. You see a figure moving in your peripheral vision, but when you look in earnest, she's gone. That was death, mm-hmm. leaving to reap somewhere else. And you thank Dream for keeping her sister at bay. 
I find myself walking through a building. It looks like a mall or an office building, and there are people everywhere, but something is wrong. People are running and trying to get away from something. I run too, though I'm not sure what the danger is. Then I see the cloaked figure, the writhe in black that is coming for the people. It moves on metal legs, its claws making no sound on the floor. When it touches someone, their whole body is sucked into the dark hood as if it's a vacuum hose. Mm. There's a man leaning against a wall. He has long, straight, back, uh, straight black hair pulled back into a ponytail, and his clothing is anachronistic. He looks like he came out of the Middle Ages. It's all right, he tells me. Nothing will hurt you. His words are not comforting. I run from him, getting caught up in the crowd, but they don't like me. They want to get away from me because I will harm them somehow. I see my roommate in the crowd. Becky, I call Becky, but she doesn't hear me. Or if she does, she ignores me. Instead, she runs around a corner, disappearing from view. Suddenly, I'm scared and overcome with sadness. I slide down a wall and start to cry. She's on her way to meet Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. It's Becky with the good hair. Mm-hmm. It is Becky with the good hair. Then someone sits down next to me. He is tall and dressed in black, but his skin is chalk white. Mm-hmm. His short hair is a tangled black, and his eyes are dark, though I can't gauge the color. He wraps his arms around me, holding me close and giving me comfort. I don't want to die, I tell him. He does something then, but I'm not sure. He doesn't speak, but suddenly I'm floating above the floor. I see my body inert and splayed on the ground, but the man is gone and there's no one else around. The next thing I know, I'm in a house and there are three other women there. Everyone is laughing and it's like we've known each other forever. We're happy. Mm -hmm. That was when I woke up. So what happens when dreams shift suddenly? When one moment you're scared and crying and the next moment you're laughing? I think there's someone looking out for you. And if it's not your destiny to die, even in a dream, the Lord Shaper will send you somewhere else, somewhere safe. But maybe, just maybe, you'll be lucky enough to meet dream face to face. It's not something I'll take for granted, nor is it something I'll soon forget. End of that story. Dope. Yeah. I like that. Um, I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. That it's like, you, you he's always ever present, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe just in the peripheral. Yeah. And one time he might intercede, he might mm-hmm. step in and really play an active yeah. role. That's cool. I, yeah. Reading this and thinking about it, I think a really good way to describe um, just Sandman in general, but describe the issues, describe the one-offs, describe even the, the stories, the story arcs. It's sort of, for me, it's sort of like a potato chip. Like you take the one bite and it has just enough salt where your brain is programmed to be like, we need more salt. Take another bite. And that's sort of how I feel with it. We're like, I'll, I'll read one issue and I'll be like, Parses out just yeah, enough. just enough where I'm like, breadcrumbs oh, I you want along. so much more. Yep. and you're like, just keep, just keep consuming. Did Neil Gaiman gaslight you for 75 issues? I think he did. Whew. Yeah, I, do it, do it to me. That's Daddy. fine, and it's so good. And I, I didn't mention this before, and I'm being totally serious with this. I'm not an emotional person when it comes to like, consuming media. <laughs> I finished the tenth one, and I drew one single tear. And I swear to Jesus, it was one single tear. I was just like. Ow! It was so good, but ow! Yep. It's amazing. It's so good. The ending yep. is perfect, but at the same time, terrible. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want it to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where you know it's going to happen. It's inevitable. And you're, like, you're like, you can change it. Get out of change it, Change yeah. it, Morpheus. Mm-hmm. Do it! Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Nice. Because he knows it's inevitable. So yeah. it's... Morpheus kind of reminds me of Jon Snow. He's like always marching towards, always yeah. ready. Like, lose from, I'm ready to lay down my mm-hmm. life and everything. But he just... Yeah. Keep, his biggest curse is you have to keep going. You yeah. have to keep living. Mm-hmm. So this one is about delirium. It's called I Saw a Butterfly by Jenna Lynn on fanfiction.net. Mm-hmm. Like I said, delirium is really crazy, really weird... One thing that I like that not everyone does when they write comics is they'll give certain text box either different colors, different styles, different designs, yeah. so you know. When, for example, Etrigan the Demon is on a page, he has a very specific font. It's in bold. It looks yeah. like it's written in the medieval times. 
It's awesome. I like that. So people don't like that? Some people don't do it. Some people don't like it. Yeah. Delirium's is all wavy. It has a gradient in it, and the mm. words are all different colors mm. because she's delirium. She's crazy. I saw a butterfly once. It was orange and emerald and purple and royal blue, and it landed on my arm. It was beautiful. And when I when it took off again, there was a trail of silver glitter, glitter left on my skin. I ran after it because I felt she's that I tripping had to. hard at Coachella. Yeah, she's tripping balls. Yeah, Coachella did not treat her well. <laughs> This is almost Burning Man. Forget yeah, this Coachella. Is she is dripping at Burning Man. It flew up higher and higher, and then faster I ran, the faster it disappeared. Finally, when it was just a speck on the horizon, I stopped and felt so sad that a tear slid down my cheek. When I looked around, I found that I did not know where I was. Mm. It was getting dark, and I was scared. The streets were empty except for a young girl who sat on the curb, singing softly to herself. She looked at me and smiled. One of her eyes was blue, the other was green. It had silver flecks in it. They reminded me of the butterfly's glitter. So one thing that with delirium, when you know if she's speaking straightly or if she's speaking crazy, her eyes will become the same color. That's when she's talking. Real talk. Real talk. And that hurts her to be like that. Hmm. If she tries to have a sound mind, she's in like immense physical pain. Cool. Because she's supposed to be delirious. She's an OG manic pixie dream girl. Absolutely. Nice. One one way that her... Zoe Deschanel should play delirium. Zoe, she would be perfect, actually. She would be really good. Mm-hmm. One thing that uh, Neil Gaiman does when he write her writes her text bubbles is he, you know, the SpongeBob like, you said not to do that meme where they like they'll change yes. the capitalization. That's yes. how Delirium is written, and that's exactly how it's <laughs> written in the story. And that's I love that. Perfect. So she, kudos you, to who's yeah. Jenna Jenalyn Jenalyn. Kudos. Kudos. Would you like a fishy? She asked me. No, I heard myself saying, "I'm looking for a butterfly." Her hair was long, the strands of pink and blue falling over her mismatched eyes. I made butterflies before. They were nice. I wonder where they went. She twirled an orange strand of hair in her fingers. A small yellow fish was swimming around her other hand. It was singing. I like your fish, I told her. Oh, she exclaimed, looking at it with a surprised expression. I'm turning all fishies again. The fish disappeared and was replaced by a bright red lollipop. The big, spiraled kind. She licked it, absentmindedly for a while, before letting it fall to the ground where it became a small pot of daisies. I think I saw your butterfly. Its name was Flooby Goo Silly Stew. She trailed off as her scarlet and golden hair began to float. Time out. The girl who played Luna Lovegood in Harry Potter. She should play Delirium. That's that's actually probably better casting. Mm-hmm. Blue bubbles were coming out of the ends and dancing through the air. Look what I'm doing, she said proudly. She began popping the bubbles with her small fingers. I joined in, laughing loudly whenever I poked one. A large bubble landed on my nose and burst. The liquid ran down into my mouth, and it tasted like cherries. Mm-hmm. I'm lost, I sighed after she tired of this game. Small bottle green jelly beans were spilling out of her fingertips. Her nails were bright yellow. You can live with me, she said, twirling around wildly. I live in this place. It's nice, I think. No, I already have a home. I just can't find it. She looks suddenly old. No, I guess you shouldn't. Her mismatched eyes seemed sad for a moment, like she had lost something. Then her cherry red lips burst into a smile. You know how you have friends and other people who are like your friends but not so much? Like you see them and say hi and are glad to see them, but you don't see them all the time because they aren't really your good friends? Yeah, I said, because I understood. That's like you. We're good friends, but we're not really good friends. It's like apples and oranges or something. The yellow fish was swimming around her hand again. I thought it was singing somewhere over the rainbow, and it reminded me of the girl's hair. I should go home, I sighed. She had realized the fish was there again. Would you like my fishy? I think it will take you home. She held it out to me on the end of a string, and I took it. We know things that no one else does, she whispered as I started to leave. Yes, I agreed. I think I already knew that. Thinks about butterflies. And fishies. And rainbows. And all the pretty colors. Her hair was making bubbles again, and she took down off the street. Or she took off down the street. 
chasing them and laughing. She turned back once and waved at me, her pink and lavender hair trailing behind her. The yellow fish was swimming through the air, and I followed it, holding tightly to the string. When I reached my house, I looked at the string and found that the fish was gone. I shook my head and dropped the, st the string into the trash can. I went to bed and dreamt of eating red lollipops and floating on soft blue bubbles. I saw a butterfly once. It was orange and emerald and purple and royal blue, and I wish I could have found it, because I know about butterflies. I know a lot of things that no one else does. Hmm. I like that. That, that um, it, I can tell you, it's very Neil Gaiman esque, right? I, that, the whole thing, and that's why I love that one because it's very just like, mm -hmm. you know, that makes me that makes me have a different idea about this delirium character. It's more like a, a Peter Pan kind of character, where sort it's of. like like they have like a kindred spirit. It's like, oh, look at mm -hmm. all these fun things. Like you want to you want to hang out forever, and it's like, no, this is actually kind of non sustainable. Like I'm a real person. Like this is a nice flight of fancy fantasy, mm -hmm. and I have to return to the real world. So Delirium is she's kind of a sad character. She is. She's very. She, and like I said, you just want to take care of her. You yeah. want to make sure she's taken care of and that she's safe. But because of she is who she is, yeah. she's darting she's around. She's always going to be so lonely. Yes. No and one it's will ever really, join really her. sad. Yeah. There's actually one character that belonged to Destruction. It's a dog named Barnabas who can speak. Mm -hmm. uh, just not casual. Like rough, rough speech, can talk. Mm -hmm. And Barnabas actually is given to Delirium to watch over her. Mm -hmm. And she loses Barnabas. And she's Aww. like, I've lost my doggy. Have you seen him? And you're like, find the dog. Yeah. Someone find her the you're, dog, yeah, please. You also feel like, oh, yeah, yeah that's nice she has a friend. But also, mm -hmm. she's on the ridiculously irresponsible. Yeah. Lose and Barnabas is, like, super responsible and very smart. And he's like, where the hell did this girl go? It's like, you ever see Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends? Absolutely. It's like the rabbit butler and mm -hmm. the, the lady, whatever yeah. her name was, said funny bunny to sweet little girl. Exactly. Freaking, that's funny the jam, bunny. yeah. Ooh, I'm going to earmark that one. Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends fan. That's good. I'm going to write that. So in Morpheus's Dominion, there are, like I said, a whole cast of characters. My favorite is actually, oh, it might be the Raven, but Lucian is the... I knew a person named Lucian. Did you really? Yeah. It's a hmm. super cool name. It is a cool name. Lucian is the... Librarian. So one of the things that I absolutely love about this series is that every dream that has ever been dreamt goes into a library. Nice. And Lucian is the library of or the librarian for that library. Cool. One thing that is really cool is Neil Gaiman has a whole list of like what the books are, mm -hmm. and one of the books is literally titled that book that you always wanted to write that you knew would make a million dollars if you wrote it, but you never got around to writing it. <laughs> I fucking love that. Nice. And so Lucian is the librarian mm -hmm. there's another character named merv mervin he's a pumpkin head and he's, like he's a pumpkin head like i'm a pumpkin head or he's a pumpkin he head literally like he has a head for a pumpkin or a pumpkin for a head nice a head for a pumpkin he literally has a pumpkin for a head mervin is basically a guy from brooklyn who oh there they are thinks he's hard or more hard working than everybody else yeah there they are yeah mervin is i think neil gaiman's favorite character actually i think he said that's his favorite character in the whole cast of dream world dream realm characters mm -hmm. And Mervyn is always talking about being blue collar. He's always talking about like doing the hard work for everybody else. There's also a character named the Leviathan who's scary as shit. He eats eyes. But that's, again, beside the point. So this is a little very short drabble about Lucian. Le Mervyn. Leviathan in like, relation to like the real Le Leviathan? You mean... It's like a monster. It's like a, it's like a So not the real snake. one, but the one that everyone knows of. Mm -hmm. No, but yes. Oh, the re it's real. Yeah, the real one. Okay. The one that Godzilla's based. Yeah. The real one. Lucian and Mervyn bowed respectfully as Dream passed them in a well-lit Wait, wait, wait. Do you not believe in the Leviathan? Do you not believe in our one and, one and only Leviathan overlord? <laughs> wait, wait. This is a huge riff. I thought his name was Xenu. I mean, he comes, he goes, he has, goes by very many names. That's true, yeah. I mean, he takes many forms, but Levi really? You're not a mm -hmm. Leviathan well, believer. Well, we'll find out. Really? Maybe you can convince me at lunch. Really? 
Really? Lucian and Mervyn bowed respectfully as Dream passed them in a well-lit hallway. Hey, Lush, asked Mervyn. Did you notice the boss didn't have a shadow? That's not unusual, Lucian said. Lord Morpheus only casts a shadow when it occurs to him to do so. Mervyn puffed on his ever-present cigar. It never runs out. Every It, it never Beautiful. gets smaller. It's awesome. Beautiful. That's just like him. Head in the clouds, mooning about, while us working stiffs got to obey what passes for the laws of physics around here. Lucian sighed. <sighs> Mervyn. You know, Lush, some guys mean well, but they just ain't bright enough to cast a shadow. Quite so, Lucian said dryly. That's it. That's it? That's it. <laughs> if you knew the characters, sure. perfect. Mm-hmm. It's it's like I said, it's a very nice little That'd be tiny... like two panels. That'd be like the yeah. perfect two panels. Just yeah. a little or stinger. just like a, if um, you'd put it at the end of another book as like a strip just to get people interested. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? Why does this guy have a... That's a, oh, that's a post-credit head. scene. And then Nick Fury walks in. He says, Pumpkinhead, I'm starting mm-hmm. a team. Exactly. I'm starting a team, Pumpkinhead. And he's like, you talking about the Teamsters? He's like, no, that's 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 something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But Lucian's cool. I, I think Lucian's a good character. This one's also really short. It's called Death of the Party. Are you trying to break the Drabble Fest record by yourself? No, right I'm not. Now? No, I only have after this one. I only have one other one. Wow, it, you got to you need to take a nap after this. Yeah. This is pretty hardcore. The eldest three met in Destiny's Garden Domain near the large statues of all seven endless. Death greeted her younger brother warmly. How you doing, bro? I am well. Dream said mildly. I have performed my duties to my own satisfaction of late. Death sighed. How are you, Destiny? I simply am, Destiny said. How could I be anything more? Great conversation. Death rolled her eyes and turned to the statues. And how are all of you? My sister, asked Dreamed. What are you doing? I'm talking to the statues, Death said. They're more lively and interesting than the two of you. Burn. And that's the end of that one. Sick burn. One thing that's really cool, uh, there's this one point where all the siblings have a meeting, Mm -hmm. obviously without destruction, and they're in a time and place that is not ours and so they're all in very nice attire so of course death is in this like awesome because everyone just wears yoga pants and like, yeah, no, sweatpants yeah, and, yeah. No. not ours yes not our time no so death is in like this punk rocker you know punk rock chick you know nice clothing and dream rolls up in this 18th century colonial patriot looking head ass like he's just dressed to the nines and george washington would have a stiffy like more wood than what's in his teeth mm-hmm. and uh i i love that i love that dreams idea, idea of looking nice like dressing to the nines is that yeah. i don't know why i just i love Freaking, that like yeah like pantaloons and knickerbockers mm-hmm. and all that yeah, yeah. several le- layers of coats mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah was he wearing a tri-corner hat he was oh yeah, he Man. had the socks and the, the shoes, heart, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beep, oh, beep, yeah. Beep, 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 beep. So this one is Doesn't It Bother You, also by Theater Girl 81. Doesn't It Bother You. Another Fan Drake another Drake song. Yeah, she's she's maybe she's using Drake's, Drake songs. But Doesn't It Bother You, the little girl continued to walk across the beam of light. The curtain was pulled back enough to allow one streak of light into the otherwise dark room. Does what bother me, the woman in black sweetly asked her sister. You know, that everyone gets it wrong. She stretched out her arms and walked like a, a poised tightrope walker. Careful to never put one foot out of place. I'm going to be a famous circus performer. She never turned to face the older girl. A faint smile crossed Death's lips as she watched the bouncing head of multicolored hair bob around before her. You will have to be specific. The girl turned to face her sister. What? There are a lot of things that could bother me. I don't know which one you're talking about. Oh. Delirium crossed her makeshift balance beam and sat cross-legged at her sister's feet. Death was seated in a high black backed chair that faced the window so she could watch the performance that she that had ended abruptly. You're not a skeleton, Delirium said. Death pursed her lips. No, I'm not. 
I mean, you're as pale and as thin as bone, but you don't, you're not a skeleton in a cloak. Well, maybe not as pale as dream, but wait, what was I saying? She began to trace a pattern on her skirt. Oh yeah, you have hair. Skeletons don't have hair. Death leaned back. So you're asking if it bothers me that people think the incarnation of death is a giant skeleton who carts around farming equipment to reap souls like years of corn? <laughs> yes. I mean, that would be messy. Death couldn't hide the smile that crossed her lips. I don't know. I don't mind. Who knows? Maybe that was the form of my prior incarnation. Delirium cocked her head. Maybe. You might be right. Maybe that death was around for so long that the humans can't get the thought of, uh, can't get the thought out of their minds. Besides, it's better for me in the end. What do you mean, Delirium tugged a piece of her hair? Well, this way I can walk among people and talk pleasantly with them. They don't see anything strange. Now imagine a giant skeleton walking down the street. Delirium began to laugh. That would cause panic. Indeed. We don't need that. No, we don't. We need... Oh! Delirium jumped up. I need to finish my routine for you. She ran back across the room and began to twirl. I love ballet. I want to be a dancer, you know. Hmm. So that's the that's the last one. Nice. Yeah, I like that one too. Yeah. Like I said, the reason I picked so many of the smaller stories instead of one larger one is that Sandman feels like a bunch of smaller stories put together. And at the heart of the Sandman story, at the heart of the Sandman run, I think it's a celebration of stories. Like I said, the dreamscape is a amalgamation of all of what can be mm-hmm. and wh- whatever was and whatever can be. And that's why they have the library full of dreams. And that's why Sandman is considered the creator destruction is considered the destroyer Mm -hmm. and so like i said you'll get these little tiny vignettes these little tiny stories and they just you just want so many more like you just want neil gaiman to tell you stories before you go to sleep yeah they're amazing the one you're talking about with the cats that one's really good that Mm -hmm. one's about the um the idea of belief in dreams and then if enough people believed in a dream the dream's real Mm -hmm. and it was about cats dream concurrently at the same time exactly it can happen exactly and that was that one was about cats about how cats used to rule and were these massive giant things and then humans were subservient to them humans were subservient and they would be prey for the cats which we know scientifically speaking that if cats were larger they would eat us Mm -hmm. they just don't eat us because they know they can't they can't fit their mouths around us exactly and it, it's this one cat prophet, basically, that just wanders the hillsides and tells all the other cats that if we dream the same dream at the same time, we can go back to the way that things and were. And things were averted because human beings humans have the that, ability yes, to, to dream sit together. there and dream together. To have and, a cohesive experience. The human spirit. Exactly. Can, yeah, that is really cool. And so it was a cat saying, if we all do it at the same time, we'll... T- will change back but they're too lazy they're too lazy and they're too selfish yeah -hmm. Yeah. and they think well why would we all do it if that cat wants us to do it Mm -hmm. fuck that cat that cat doesn't know what's going on and the main the prospective cat falls asleep that night and sees Morpheus in cat form Mm -hmm. in a cave yeah yeah no that's that's a really good one it's so cool and another another this will be the last thread I mentioned unless I get really excited and think of another one Mm -hmm. there's this one I believe what are you laughing? No, I'm just there's this one. There's this there's one. Oh, no, there's, there's so many. There's some. Don't you? We, we, we gotta let them discover. Just give them oh, yeah, a very yeah. brief synopsis. The don't last give, one. The don't last give them the one. Don't this give them the stinger. Don't give them the whole thing. Don't no, give I'm not. Thing. No, this is the last one. There's a character called Hob Gadling, who I believe in the 15th or six, uh, 15th, 16th, 14th century. One of those. Morpheus is in a bar in a pub, and he hears Hob Gadling saying, "I don't know why people die. They're just too stupid to die. Like they're too stupid to not die." The only reason people die is because they let themselves die. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to let myself die. So Morpheus says, you really believe that? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, okay. He works it out with his sister. Hobgadling lives as long as he wants to live. Mm-hmm. And so every hundred years... They meet. They meet. 
they have they have an agreement that they'll mm-hmm. meet every hundred years in a bar and they'll get a drink and yes. Morpheus will check up on him. Mm-hmm. And Hobgadling is a character through the whole series, and I love that. Yep. It's so cool. Mm, that is neat. It's, and it's it's just it's about a mortal's perspective of immortality. Right. Hilarity and, ensues, that's all we'll say. Exactly. But not really. But no. yeah. But it's one of those things where Morpheus, who's always been immortal, and quite frankly, you start to realize that he doesn't really want to be, that if anything, he thinks he's more of a person than he is, or he wants to be. I don't want it. I don't want it. Hob Gadling is the other way around. And so it's nice to see him sit down and talk. And when Morpheus goes to fight Lucifer, which what he thinks is going to be a big battle, he meets Hob early and says goodbye. He's mm-hmm. like, it's been good, friend. I hope you get what you want out of this. So that's my that's my another thing about Sandman. What do you think? What do you think about the Drabbles? What do you think about Sandman in general? What do you oh, the Drabbles were good. They, they, the Drabbles, were, the Drabbles good. Were, were really good. They um, they they made me think about it in, in a different way. Yeah. you know, and they were really well written. They were lovingly written yes. as well. Yeah, which is um, hard to come by sometimes. So yeah. I'm glad. I'm mm-hmm. glad you found a bunch of them. Yeah, that's good. So. Uh, any any criticisms? Any any more compliments? I mean, I think I kind of did my part to compliment. Him yeah, I mean, I you found reading. you found some bangers. I mean, yeah. there's not really a lot of criticism mm-hmm. to go to go yeah. around with them, and I, it's hard to critique. Especially yeah. what I like what you said is that it's like you know, um, dreams are just like stories. It's yeah. everybody's opportunity to whether you like put weight into dreams or not it is like your brain dump it's your opportunity mm-hmm. it's like a creative explosion you for everybody something really cool about dreams when you're dreaming you will never see a face you've never seen before yeah oh yes i heard that. your dream literally or your your brain takes in thousands mm-hmm. of faces of total strangers and uses them as dream putty mm-hmm. for stories and dreams. extras and characters. Isn't that and crazy? It's it's really into, there's so much and there's so much we don't understand yes. about it. So we I don't know why people have to dream, but they have to. Cool. Like why people have to sleep, we have no idea. Yeah, I, th- I think that just like it's something about that. We're always thinking. We're always in mm-hmm. our heads. We think in narratives and stories, yeah. and then when we're at rest, like the brain just creates. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that's really cool. And then all these, you know, I can't criticize it because they're part. They're all yeah. their dreams, their exactly. ideas, their thoughts. And I, I think one thing that sets the endless apart from other gods mm-hmm. is, it, uh, for example, like with the Greek like the pantheon, Leviathan, the Great Leviathan, the Great Leviathan. All hail be to it. Consider the Greek pantheon. Mm-hmm. We have Zeus, who's the god of lightning and right? um, having sex with women as an animal. Yeah, as a bull. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Swan. Poseidon, mm-hmm. who is the god of the oceans. And Aquaman's dad. Yes. And Ariel's dad. And oh, King um, Triton. the I guy from uh, Percy Jackson's dad. It's also Percy Jackson's yes. dad. Yes. But my point is that a lot of these pantheons of gods will focus on inhuman or uh, natural things and turn them into gods. Turn them into anthropomorphic turn them into personifications of that so mm-hmm. when the oceans are stirring poseidon is angry neptune mm-hmm. is pissed off mm-hmm. the endless on the other hand are about people that's are, nature this is people these are people and i really like mm-hmm. that i like that dreams are something that tie they're a common tie for they wouldn't everybody. exist without humans exactly like destruction delirium exactly. death it's all human centric yes. yeah well not well death not but you know sure I mean, sure yeah. sure yes uh, but I mean, even destiny—that's that's a pretty human thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Do we have destiny? Is everything preordained? Is there a single path? And that's like I said. There's one point where um, there are multiple destinies working, mm-hmm. walking in the garden, mm. and you don't know which one's going to be the one that stays standing. Mm. And that's really cool. Yeah. So I like that the endless are personifications of human emotions or human things 
compared to older pantheons, traditional pantheons, where they're personifications of yeah. natural elements, sure. natural beings. Yeah, and, I, yeah, and, the, and these stories seem to do a really, really good job of yeah. grasping that. I yeah. feel like if anyone goes through those 75 issues, you have a very strong feeling of what Neil Gaiman's putting down. Yes. So it kind of sparks that inside yeah. of you to go out and do something. Mm-hmm. I will also say, this will be my last thing before we go to Stoked On. Neil Gaiman said that when he began writing Sandman, and mm-hmm. he would go to comic book stores to sign, and when he would go to things, conventions, it was 90-10 men-women. Mm-hmm. He said by the end of his run, it was 50-50, if not more women. Hmm. And one thing that Sandman will do is I think it's written for everybody. I think I think Sandman is written for every every person. Every person can enjoy it. Every gender, race, and creed. Exactly. Exactly. Every religion. Except for the Leviathan everything. followers, I it didn't really affect me that much. <laughs> Leviathan Not has all Leviathan, the answers. Yes. So if you are a person who doesn't like comic books, or you know, will like superheroes but doesn't like comic, you know, doesn't like the structure, doesn't like the history, whatever, I urge you, please, just give this, give Preludes and Nocturnes a chance. Give. Any of the ones that I've talked about that sound interesting to change, mm-hmm. the last two or three you really have to read together. So please don't skip ahead like that. Especially the ninth. Do not read the ninth without having read any of the if other ones. If you read the ninth. Especially don't read the tenth. If you read the ninth, we're going to climb through your yeah, phone and get you. But if if you are interested in comic books and never picked one up, this is an amazing place to start. Sure. And trade to trade, issue to issue, the art might be different. Mm-hmm. You might like that. You might not like that. There are sometimes I re- I look at an art style that's in there, and I'm like, ugh, okay. And I read through it. There are other times where I'm like, this is gorgeous. This is beautiful. This oh is amazing. Yep, this is so many pockets. Exactly. I love this. So it's cool. So it, there's something there for everyone. I, I've i read many comic books. I've read many series. I've read many graphic novels. I cannot recommend Sandman enough. I don't even think Watchmen is for everybody. And mm-hmm. I think Watchmen's probably one of the best singular graphic novels I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Same for V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta is great. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. Mm. And I think Sandman, it's there's something everyone. for everyone there. Mm. So high recommendations there. Extremely high. What dreams may come. High praise. High that's praise. high praise. That's high praise. Maybe, that, maybe that's what we'll call this episode. What dreams may come. Ah. A Sandman travel fest. A, co- a collection of Sandman, Sandman stories. stories. Yes. Dreams. A dreams. A collection of dreams. A collection of dreams. Ah. A collection of Sandman dreams. Very good. Very good. Very, Very good, good. So, What are you stoked on, Ryan? The day that Harry Potter, The Cursed Child, came out, I bought it. Okay. And I stayed up all night and I read it. And you were really disappointed. I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. It is worse than that script is worse than probably 85, 80, 85% of Harry Potter fan fiction. <laughs> it is so bad. It's Better just, or worse than Tumbling Towers episode five. Go listen to it. It's draw. They're, they're close. Shit. We do a better job of presenting it, obviously. Of course. So definitely of course. go yeah. listen. It's yeah. fantastic. Please do. Last night, I had the occasion um, to go and see it. Oh, part one? Um, part two. So it's split into part yeah. one and part two. I was fine with seeing part two. Somebody dropped out, so I picked up the ticket. Okay. Um, I'd already know. I, I've read it, so I was yeah. like, and I walked in this being like, God, I'm, it, this is fun. You know, it's fun to go yeah. see a Broadway show. It's going to suck. It was phenomenal. Was it really? The staging, the really? way the way that the actors like lovingly like the way they would deliver a line, you'd read that line and be like, Oh my I can't believe they just said that. It's so cheesy, so bad. The way the actors found different ways to, to deliver it, the way that they play with it, it was a lot of silence because they were just mm-hmm. acting. And then the special effects, the way the, the tech was done was 
outrageous. That's amazing. And then being in that room, everybody that was in there, it felt like you were at one of those midnight releases we talked about. That's awesome. Everybody just wanted. And I miss that feeling. There were parts. There was a part where two characters were speaking, mm-hmm. and someone was crying, and it was like they were audibly crying, and and I was I was like a little annoyed, but then I was like, wow, this is really impact. Like I could, and it made me think about how it affected me mm-hmm. and all those things. And the one compliment i have so many criticisms the one compliment i'll give to the script <laughs> is that it's about harry when he's older harry potter yeah. he's a son and um his exchange with his son is very good like it's well written um if like kind of out of nowhere mm-hmm. the actual dialogue is good when it's acted out on stage it's 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 really it? something good um and it's such an experience to be there there's really? so much that involves the audience so that kind of reunited my spark and harry potter good. and i now you know yeah. if something's not good, I want to give it another chance. Mm-hmm. Like especially if it's a show, yeah. if something creative. So you're going to rewatch season eight of Game of Thrones soon. I'm gonna when they redo season eight <laughs> yeah. of Game of Thrones as a stage show for Buku Cash. Okay. I will go and see. Okay, it. perfect. Yeah. Well, I mean that also kind of speaks to the difference in live theater where it's just a different atmosphere. Got to be there watching a TV yeah, show. Got to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like when you, I mean, when you hear other people laugh, you just naturally laugh. You don't know why. You're walking down the street and you see someone look up at something and a whole bunch of people are and you're automatically like, is it, is break it your a neck bird? Is it a plane? Exactly. What's up in the sky? And so I think that's when there's an audience with you that's a totally different viewing experience Absolutely. than reading mm-hmm. a script by And yourself. when you're seeing a human mm-hmm. being do it. Yeah. The, it felt, uh, honestly, like I would say it put you more in the mood of the original films and the books than, than the new like, Fantastic Beasts wow. did. So it's it's very good. That's good. It's very good. I'm glad you saw that. I'm it's still, still some of the things are a little like, oh yeah. gosh, I can't believe this is yeah. actually ha- But the way it's presented and just mm-hmm. being in that the energy of this live performance is fantastic mm-hmm. good I'm glad you had that experience I uh, I am stoked on American Gods by Neil Gaiman just finished it amazing 1010 would recommend this is my Neil Gaiman episode mm-hmm. I'm not going to shut up about him because I think he's awesome but American Gods was amazing I'm not going to lie I guessed all the twists and all of that but you, a good author I think will write it and you're not upset that you guessed it if anything you're happy that you were that you picked up on all the clues mm-hmm. and it was great uh, again, you expect this massive battle doesn't happen, and you're so like you're not even upset about it. You're like that was awesome. You should. It's in that place in Tennessee, right? That that it's like mountainside. The uh, stone Chattanooga is that where it is? It is in Ch- Chattanooga. I've been there. Have you? And I finished the book, and I was there with my sister, yeah. and she was doing something. She was like, she's an actor. She's doing this acting thing, and I went up there. It was the mistiest morning yeah. ever. I was up there by myself, and you couldn't see like this town below, yeah. and you're like, well, I was walking through these trees and everything, and I was like, this is sick. It was. Did so it feel cool. like the book? Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. But even the epilogue I thought was awesome with Mr. Hinselman. Mm-hmm. The whole story is amazing. It's a very long book. Yep. And we uh, talked about how it's well written because it's yeah. like it's like almost this like love story. It's like yes. such like an outside like an immigrant's yes. perspective of of the of America. It's one of the most American books I've ever read. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a book that could have only been written by an immigrant. America. But it's one of the most American books I've ever read. And that's what makes it so darn it's, American. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It, it literally there are short stories about gods coming to the new world, and it's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. I'm not going to say anything else. Haven't seen the stars show. I've seen clips of it. They get a lot of things. They do a lot of things differently. Take a lot of liberties. But Neil Gaiman helps write it. So he understands the difference between TV and books. Mm -hmm. Like in Cursed Child, they take a lot of liberties. Makes it so much better sometimes. There you go. Depends depends on the original medium and the intention. So I recommend that. If you're not into comics, pick up American Gods. If you haven't read it, it's big and it's intimidating. But I think it's worth it. And I think it's very good. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to dote on that as long as I doted on Sandman because I'm not going to lie to you. I thought Sandman was perfect. Mm-hmm. American Gods was great. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good. 
I'm not going to call it perfect, sure. but it was really, really good. Sure. Like I said, I think Sandman's perfect. Mm-hmm. So you're perpetually like ever stoked. Yes, on Sandman. I'm ever stoked on Sandman. It's going to be one of those things that I read at least two more times before <laughs> I meet death. No, I'm serious. Like Sandman is, it's sure. up there. It's really good. American mm-hmm. Gods. I might reread it. But it's not because it was bad. It's just because it was really good and I really liked it. Right. But Sandman is something you can come back to and get yeah, something an every sure. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I'm stoked on. That's a good thing to be stoked on. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So for those of you listening who are still with us, we have... Welcome to the end of the show. Yeah, welcome to the end of the show. We have all the social medias. Uh, follow us on YouTube. Sub everywhere. Give us your monies on Patreon. It's Suck My Fanfic Everywhere. Ryan is Buy just... Our like a, a, Buy our merch. Buy our merch. Buy that. Merch. Ryan just bought, just did like dabbed a million times. This is my favorite shirt I'm wearing, but I've also had it for like ten years. Yeah. Buy our merch so I can Buy get a new shirt. Get a new shirt. Anything you remember, Ryan? We talked a lot today about dreams and the creative mm-hmm. spark and everybody. I think it's just I think it's just a beautiful thing. You yeah. might be sitting there. You might you might be having a bad day. You might have some doubts, yeah. but there's there is something in you, and it makes you human, and it's what makes you creative, and it's what makes all your friends like you, and all your family love you, and. That's the special spark inside of you. Yeah. So go out there and let it show today. That's really nice.